Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's up? What's up, David? This is one of those uh, rare weeks where we don't have I know. a game in between when we record and when the podcast is released. So uh, it's a good week for that yeah. reason. Very oh. exciting week for that reason, um, as uh, we have joked a lot, uh, feels like we're always a little bit behind. Uh, this week, maybe a little bit the case, because maybe we'll have a little bit more clarity on, on Jimmy Butler's status by the time people are listening to this, True. although yeah. not too much, because uh, Heat are, we're recording this Wednesday, early afternoon, Heat not practicing today, so um, probably Thursday we'll get a, a little bit more of an idea of, of just what the situation is there. Um you know, a couple couple little topics I think to hit on this week, so we'll bounce around. Um, you know, that time of year, obviously, where uh, as we've said a lot, the Heat are kind of the the team that it feels like you know kind of what you got with them, and it's just about managing it to to get down the stretch here. Um, obviously, Markeith Morris is back. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Tyler Hero's just torrential hot streak that he is on right now, and how important that is for this Heat team with, with the offense slipping a little bit. But let's start with um, last night, the, the Pistons game, and specifically the Jimmy Butler injury. Um, to me, it's, it's like a situation where, like, obviously the Heat are in a position where they have the luxury of, of being able to really manage things, right? And that's kind of been the approach all year long when they've got these, particularly with, you know, Jimmy and, and Kyle, um, older guys who have a lot of miles on them. Especially Jimmy does not play in a, uh, you know, he plays a very physical style um, that is conducive to, like, you'd love to get him rest throughout the season. Um, so the Heat are in a, in a position where they can take care with, with that. But at the same time, eventually, I think all these injuries, you know, Jimmy is just, it feels like he's not been able to play, like, five, six straight games a whole lot this year. Um, obviously, for a variety of reasons. Um and, you know, playoff time is different. You play through some of these injuries. But but eventually, you know, there there has to be, I think, in my opinion, just a little bit of concern about where the injuries are with him and, and how frequently he seems to be banged up. But at the same time, it's like kind of right now, not reason for panic to me. It's just something to kind of monitor as we uh, get into the playoffs and, and something that, um, you know, if he misses a game it, in the playoffs, it, it becomes really pivotal. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's a sprained ankle, right? So yeah. you have a month so before the playoffs. He should be okay. The concerning part is that this is the third time he sprained his right ankle. Yeah. In a matter of, I don't know, uh, since the start of the season, I guess. But the fact that he sprained the same ankle three times, not very good. I think he's missed three games each time he sprained it. So you would think he's probably going to miss the next week or so. Maybe the yeah. are even more cautious now because the playoffs are so close. Um so, you know, that, to me, that's a concerning part where it's not – it wouldn't be that surprising if he sprained his right ankle in the playoffs, right, and has to yeah. miss a game. Or maybe he plays through it, but he's not 100% in the playoffs. Um, that, to me, is concerning. Um, also, the fact that, yeah, we kind of know what – we do know what the C team is, but with Vic and Markeith back and, you know, Caleb, you would think, is going to be back pretty soon – Mm-hmm. You had an opportunity to have pretty much the yeah the entire fifteen man roster available, and to kind of work through different rotations and combinations with Vic and Markeith back because they haven't played much this season. Um, you have to see what you have um, before the playoffs. Now with Jimmy out, 
that changes things. You know, you're yeah. not going to be able to get a, a a real look at the quote unquote playoff rotation um, for the next. You know, you would think for the next few games at least. So it just kind of sets everything back. Um, but bigger picture, it's concerning that he's spraying the same echo three times. I mean, that there's no yeah. way around that. that. That that's an issue that they're going to have to deal with now moving forward and, and hope it doesn't happen again. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's a situation to me where it's like every individual, like an individual, like you said, ankle sprain is in all likelihood not that big of a deal, especially right now the Heat um, have two days off between a bunch of games in a row here. So like you said, he's missed three games. Every time he's sprained that ankle, like he really reasonably could potentially only miss two because of how many days off they have here this week. Um, but – yeah, it's a, it's that bigger picture concern. Just just the injury concern with Jimmy Butler, which is, um, I think, kind of fair with him right now. And and again, he's not a guy who's ever really had extremely like, you know, like a traumatic injury necessarily. That like you're like you know like with Victor Oladipo, obviously we're worrying about that knee. Um, but it's just. You know, he's getting old, and when you get old, it, it tends to happen a little bit. And like I said, the, the style he plays is very physical. Um, you're crashing into bodies a lot. Um, he has missed a lot of time here over the last two seasons, really since the bubble year. And even, honestly, basically since the day he got to the Heat, he is, um, you know, obviously missed, missed his first game with the Heat for, you know, for the birth of his child, so it was obviously not an injury, but... Um, the regular season availability has never been his uh, his forte here uh, in the couple of years he's been with the Heat. Obviously, he had COVID last year, so he's had some like weird ones, some fluky things, some personal stuff. Um, but this year, it's it's been injuries, and it's been I, I think enough of a reason to, to you know it, it's like I said something to monitor. You know, it, injuries come and go and can kind of be fluky, especially like an ankle sprain or whatever. Sometimes it's just you land awkwardly, and uh, but you know it, it's something you got to monitor come playoff time with this Heat team. And I think you know the the biggest reason to think the Heat aren't going to make the finals is just because of how good the East is. Like we've said a lot, you know, there's legitimately probably four or five teams that could could make it to the finals from the East. Um, but the the second biggest concern, and it's, it's you know Kyle Lowry plays into that too because of his age. Um, and, you know, Bam, not that he's had a lot of really big injuries in his career, but, you know, he's a, he's a banging big man. Um, the injury concern, you know, they, they do not play, and you can obviously say this for a lot of teams, like obviously Kevin Durant has had a lot of injuries too, but the Heat, I, I think the injury concern is, is probably like the one of the biggest flaws they have as uh, we get ready to, to gear up for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with that. I mean, Jimmy's missed 20 two games yeah. this season. Probably going to miss a few more here. I mean, David, I, I, kind of, I, I guess this question kind of feels crazy to even ask, but there's less than four weeks left in the regular season, 12 games. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, do you play, do, do you play Jimmy? I mean, I, I guess he has to play a few more games, but how many more games does he play considering all the injuries he's dealt with this year? You don't want him to tweak an ankle in the final two weeks of the regular season where that injury could spill over into the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. you have a two-and-a-half-game lead on first place. Um, a, not an easy schedule, but, you know, fairly – it's not difficult, a schedule remaining. So uh, 
did he play five more games? Do you hold him out for most of the way? Like, I mean, what what approach would you take? Because I, I agree, like, this this team is deep. I mean, that's the big, that's one of the biggest strengths of yeah. this team. And, you know, they've been able to survive Jimmy's absences this year. They're 13-9 without him. You saw Max Struess not play pretty much in the first three quarters. He was out of the rotation, comes in and scores 16 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, this is this is what this team has done all year. But the playoffs are different. We all know that. You know, you're playing elite competition. You need your stars to be available and to be playing very well. And if Jimmy's not available because he sprains his ankle or, you know, the tailbone contusion, the tailbone, tailbone contusion that forced him to miss like 10 games earlier this season, that's going to be a big deal uh, if he has to be dealing with that in the playoffs. Yeah, I, th- I think he's got to play a little bit, obviously. Like, let's say he misses the next two. Uh, you got 10 games left. Like we said, we really want to see what this Heat team looks like with their full complement of players. Um, they got to they got to find a couple chances to do that as long as the health permitting. I don't know, like three, four, two, three, four games to get. Um, you know, maybe you wait till Caleb Martin comes back and then you kind of do it. Um, but I, I, you know, I've always kind of thought that this team was going to manage guys a little bit down the stretch, um, particularly, like I said, Jimmy and Kyle kind of keeps coming back to them because their age. Maybe, maybe P.J. Tucker, too, who has been really an Iron Man for this team, but is another older guy who plays a very physical style. Um, so, maybe, you know, maybe, like, you get a Jimmy or game off, you get Kyle a game off, you, you try to keep winning, you know, two and a half. Could be down to two by the time people are listening to this. Uh, the Bucks play in Sacramento tonight. Um, so it's not over, although, with, like you said, with a dozen games left, that's a, a pretty nice cushion to have. Um, I think if the inj- if there's like a concern about reaggravation, you like do you you, you kind of shut him down. Like I said, I would love to get a couple games, but first of all, like I'm not a doctor. I don't know how easy it is to like reaggravate an ankle sprain. I don't know how much like three ankle sprains is you, indicative you didn't of like Holiday Express last night. Yeah, I don't know how much of a three ankle sprains in a season. Obviously, like that's not good. Um, but yeah. I don't know how much is like what, like, you know, are you rushing back and the stability of the ankle isn't great. You know, like it's all, it all kind of like connects um, where, you know, maybe you rush back, the ankle's not 100% strength, it's easier to re-aggravate it. Um, if you think you can get it to 100% strength and, and that is a thing that is a real thing and not something I just made up off the top of my head, um, then yeah, shut him down. But I think, you know, the concern with, with him is just it just always kind of seems to be something. Obviously, this year it's been the ankle. Like you said, he missed a lot of time with the tailbone. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily something that, I don't know, like he doesn't look like slow to me, right? He, you know, no. he doesn't look like he's like lost a step because he's got like a knee injury he's rehabbing or something. Um, but I, I think it's just, it's like that, it's just that going to be that like lingering it's like every time he goes up and lands hard, like there's that little bit of panic that sets in, like, is this the one? And like I said, the good news for Jimmy Butler is he's never had really the one, right? He's never had that traumatic injury that knocks you out for half the season, um, at least not that I can remember. Maybe he did early in his career, and I'm not aware of it. But but obviously not in his three years here in Miami and not uh, when he was in Philly or, or Minnesota. Um, but it's just like – I, I don't know how much it's something you can manage, and that's that's the that's the worry. But again, it's like a thing where you know it's not like he's missed time in the playoffs um, during this run. He's missed right. a lot of regular season games. You know, would he be gutting through some of these ankle injuries a little bit quicker if it was playoff time? 
Maybe. Um, obviously, it wouldn't be ideal, but yeah, I think it's just the style he plays. It's it's like that inherent risk you have with it. Um, that you know, some guy like LeBron James obviously has basically managed to avoid it throughout his entire career, and that's because he's a freak of nature and really lucky. Um, you know, guys who play like that tend to get banged up here and there. And again, not like a, it's not a reason for panic. It's just like a something that I think is going to be stuck in the back of everyone's mind this year. Um, it would have been really nice to see Jimmy play like 70 games this year. And, you know, he hasn't played yeah. more than 58 in a season since, well, since he got to Miami. He hasn't played, played 65 the year he got traded from Minnesota to Philly halfway through the year. But, you know, everything else, 40, he's played 48 this year. Looks, he'll probably get to about, I don't know, somewhere between 52 and 55. Um, 52 last year in the shortened season. 58 in the in the bubble year. I honestly don't know how many regular season games they wound up playing that year, but obviously he missed some time there. Um, 59 in his last full in his one full season in Minnesota. So it's always been, and again, it's never been like missed half the season. You know, he's played in at least 40 games in every season of his career, but it's just like it's always something with Jimmy, like um, a nagging injury. Yeah. yeah. And, and just, like, something small, and they'll be like, all right, take the night off or whatever. And that's totally different, like, come playoff time. Like, you play through a lot of that. But uh, it's just, like, you would have loved to see him play 70 games this year and have, like, 100% confidence that, um, you know, he's he's going to be all right once the playoffs come. Yeah. I, I also think that Jimmy's at the point of his career where he prioritizes, obviously, the playoffs. Yeah, obviously. Regular season games. And, and – like you said, I think a lot. Some of these games, he probably, if it was a playoffs, probably would have played. Right. right? And, and some so of these games, well, sprained a game earlier, the tailbone maybe would have come back a week earlier than he yeah. did. Like they're clearly managing it, which they have the luxury to do because of how deep they are, and now because of the cushion they have. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think I, I guess the larger point is it's not really concerning because it's sprained ankle. You know, he has enough time to recover from that. But it is something to monitor and to think about only because it has been a reoccurring been a reoccurring injury this season. Um, I mean, do you put extra tape on his ankles? I, I know that Jimmy actually does not like taping his ankles. Um, he also wears low-top shoes. Um, so maybe there's an adjustment that needs to be made there. I don't know if he's already made the adjustment, actually, this year after spraining his ankle a few times. I'm not sure. I think Steph Curry um, did that at one point, right, when he had the nagging yeah. ankle and he went to high tops. Yeah, and I know it's annoying. I mean, you you don't want to be playing with an ankle brace, or you know, if you're not used to playing with tape on your ankles, to, to be playing you know with tape or high or high top shoes. If you're if that's not that's not what you like to do, I, I get it. But at some point, your availability is more important than yeah how comfortable you are um, on the on the court as far as like you play with tape or not with tape. So maybe that's kind of the adjustment he makes, and he's able to avoid any ankle injuries in the playoffs. But it is concerning because if that does happen in a series against Philly or against Brooklyn or against Milwaukee uh, or even against Chicago, I mean, Chicago's good enough. Like, that's going to be a game changer for the Heat. Yeah, the margin for error is tighter this year than it often is in the Eastern Conference where if Jimmy misses two games in the first round, like, you might lose to the Brooklyn Nets, right? Or, um, you know, in the second round, you might lose – You you that might be, like, a, a killing blow against the Celtics or whatever. Yeah. But, um uh, like, if I had to guess now, and of course a lot of this is, like, luck, like, he'll probably play every game in the playoffs. Um, but 
I think he played every game in the bubble, right? In the playoffs, I believe. I'm pretty sure. And he yeah. played every game and obviously played every game last year in the, the short playoff run. Like, I can't remember him missing. Right. Again, like, in the time he's become, since he's become, like, a star, I, I don't remember, like, you, you never think of him as a guy who's, like, injury prone because he's never had the big, long absence. You know, the tailbone injury might have been the most consecutive games he's, like, ever missed other than I don't know how many he missed with the, when he was out with COVID. Uh, I but, but I'm, I, I'm looking through his game. Sorry, I'm looking through his playoff stats, and I just I can't believe Tom Thibodeau played him 42 minutes a game in the playoffs. Yeah, maybe I mean, this is all playoffs, maybe this still. is all leftover from Tom Thibodeau grinding his ankles Good into God. dust from uh 2000. He averaged 44 minutes a game in the playoffs. 2018. In 2014, 44 minutes of playing time a game in the playoffs in 2014. They lost in the first round, I think. That was the year they lost to the Wizards, right? Yeah, it was only five games, but he played 44 yeah. minutes a game. I think uh, Joe, someone, Joe Kim Noah got suspended, I think, at one point in that series. So, yeah, but, you know, he's been an Iron Man in the playoffs. I mean, think about the the bubble, like, the, the finals that year. Like, he ran out of gas in the last game, but, like, I mean, he was playing, obviously, like, 40-plus minutes a game during that finals, and everyone got hurt. So, yeah. you know, maybe maybe we're spending way too much time talking about it, but, again, he's he's... 32 years old? Is he 33 yet? 32. Yeah, 32. he's 32 years old. He has a lot of miles. And like I said, just it's just the style he plays that, um, you know, it, it makes you worry every time he's crashing into bodies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, and, and, and another, I guess, the, the other part of the, of the larger discussion around this injury is the rotation, right? Um, right. We saw on Tuesday against Detroit, you know, Caleb's obviously out. That changes things. But, you know, the, the starting lineup is set. We know that, I think. I mean, I've heard some theories that that fans think that Tyler Hero is going to become a starter, just like Goron became a starter during the playoff run of the bubble, and Tyler will start instead of Duncan. I, I don't see that happening just because Tyler's had so so much success as a six-man. But, anyway, let's let's just, for this conversation, let's say that the starting lineup is, is set with the five that have started pretty much the entire season when they've been available. The bench rotation is not as set. Um, against Detroit, it was Tyler, Deadman, um, who, you know, they've been consistent parts of the bench rotation all year, and then Vic and Markeith. So that means Mar- uh, Gabe and Max were not in the rotation. And, you know, Vic, and, Vic and Markeith took their minutes. I, I'm not surprised by that, I guess, but... I'm a, I'm, I guess what I'm more surprised is that Max was out of the rotation. I know he played in the fourth quarter because Jimmy got hurt, but I, I just think Max played so well. His shooting has been so important, you know, to the offense when Duncan's not on the court. For him just to go complete out of the rotation um, is a little bit surprising to me. I mean, yeah. does that surprise you that after what he's done this year, shooting 41% on threes, pretty solid defender, um, you know, has grown a lot this year. For him to, you know, be out of the rotation um, after Markeith and, and Vic are out, does that surprise you? Uh, yeah, especially since Caleb Martin is also out, where that's like one other wing guy who would be in there um, taking taking some minutes. But so the thing, you know, we we talked about this I think last week or the week before. Like Deadman obviously is a fixture in the rotation, but is he going to be part of the playoff rotation? I think that's like that's the one thing yes. we're not we won't know until Game One of the 2022 NBA playoffs. And, you know, if they play the Sixers in round two or something, he's going to have to play, right? Because they're going to need throw big bodies at Joel Embiid. Um, 
maybe if they play Chicago in the second round, um, Dead would have to play go up, oh, go up against Vucevic a little bit. But I, I think the thing like with him is going to be, you know, if they play the Nets, who kind of play small, or they play the Raptors, who or like play Siakam as their center, I think a lot, right? Like, are they going to need Deadman? Maybe not. You know, he's he's big centers like him are, are a specialist in the NBA uh, in the playoffs these days. Unless you're like an all star level guy, it's hard to play a traditional center in the playoffs. Obviously, you know, Markeith's return, I think, will give them that flexibility um, because he can give you, you know, he can play center, right? He can play 15 minutes of center a night. Um, yeah. And, then, and before to that point, last night against or Tuesday against Detroit, I thought it was interesting that um, Bam was in foul trouble, mm-hmm. didn't really play much in the first three quarters. When he was out, Deadman did play a little bit, um, but Spo went with the front court of Markeith and PJ. Yeah, um, like I think we I think we're going to see that yeah. as the secondary lineup. I agree in the playoffs for the. I the agree unless they're playing a really big team, like you said. Yeah. I, I I think I agree with you, and that allows you to play Marquise yeah, and Caleb. That, yeah, and then, yeah, that lets Caleb get back in the rotation. Um, you know, you usually go nine, but but sometimes you go ten, and and then I think Shrews that next guy. Like like we've said a lot. If you know, the thing is, Duncan's been really good basically, um, like since basically since like the start of the calendar year, I think. Right, like that, that's where he's kind of. Leveled off and, and he, he's shooting thirty nine percent on three since December, since start of December. Which yeah, is exactly. Most of so. that, that shows you how bad his slump was because thirty nine percent for four months that should get you close to forty, and he's like at still like at thirty six, thirty seven. Yeah, so, so so I I think it's it's a little bit of the redundancy as we talked about, um, but you know there are there going to be times in the game when they need an extra shooter out there and and um, truce gets in the rotation as the 10th. Like, he feels like the 10th man to me right now, basically. And 9 is standard in the playoffs, but 10 is not unheard of, is the way I kind of feel uh, about it. And, you know, another luxury that he has had is is that P.J. Tucker all year long has been one of the best three-point shooters in the league in terms of percentage. And, um, you know, he's always been a good corner three-point shooter, and he's not obviously not a volume three-point shooter, so it's a different role than Max Struess. But... It has basically, you know, there were there were times last playoffs when PJ Tucker, when he was out on the court for the Bucks, they were playing four on five basically on offense, um, and that has never been the case with PJ Tucker this year. Some of it is, I, I think, that he'd have been a little bit more, um, they've given him a little bit more freedom um, to to create, to you know, to kind of do stuff in the high post from time to time, um, and then you know, the biggest thing is that he's shooting forty five percent from three uh, on the and. Being been one of the best, most reliable corner shooters in the league, it part of it feels a little bit like Jay Crowder, where when he was hitting his threes, like he did in the the first, basically like from the moment he got to the Heat until uh, the Celtics series, I think is when he started to kind of tail off. Um, like that offense was a machine because you had no weak spots on it, um, and. You know, with PJ Tucker, is he a if he shot like five threes a game, would he shoot forty five percent? Obviously not. Um, so it, to me, it's just like a, a that is the that's the wrinkle here that like if he get if he goes cold in the playoffs, he's still going to play obviously a lot 
and probably it probably won't really significantly cut into his minutes other than maybe he doesn't play in crunch time if the heat's trailing or something like that um but i, I think that is like you that that's where Struce's value is going to be cuz you just know he's going to make shots and you know he's going to be trusted to make shots like there there's a point that could come PJ Tucker goes cold for a little bit that it's like it feels like you're playing 4 on 5 like like it did sometimes with the Bucks last year, and like it, it kind of felt like sometimes when when Jay Crowder was wasn't making his threes, and I think that that makes Struce a really valuable like next guy up because he's just a plug and play shooter basically. I know they play different positions. Obviously, PJ is like exclusively at the four, um, and occasionally the five, but but still, just like you could, when you downsize in the playoffs, it makes it a little bit more manageable. Yeah, and. It's almost like Max has become a situational player. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, the offense was struggling so bad. They were shooting under 40% through the first three quarters against Detroit, which Detroit is not very good. Um, you put Max in there, and he's just, obviously he's an offensive spark when he's making shots. Yeah. Um, he can get hot, just like similar to Duncan, similar to Tyler, where all of a sudden one or two threes turns into four or five threes in a matter of a few minutes. Um, and that's what happened. Uh, against the Pistons. So I think that's kind of going to be his role, what we saw on Tuesday, where he needs offense spark, guys aren't hitting shots, you have a guy on the bench who could instantly kind of make two or three yeah. threes to loosen things up and put some points on the board. So I think that's where Max will come in in the playoffs. Um, P.J. Tucker, I'm not concerned about him. I think he'll be okay. Guys miss shots. but. yeah. yeah. Since the break, he's shooting 26% on threes. Right. Um, like, and that's like, I don't want to say that's closer to what he is than what he was in the first right. half of the year, but probably, I don't know what his career three-point percentage is, but... Like mid-30s or something. Yeah, yeah, like it's probably closer to 26% than it is to 48% or whatever he was in the first half. Like, he was never going to shoot that well all year long, um, unless, like, he just never ran into the cold spell that was inevitable uh, if you shoot enough shots, so... It's, it, that's the one thing that, like, it's been, a, I think, an underrated little luxury the Heat has had where, again, P.J. Tucker, like, was scoring zero points a game for a lot of the playoffs for the Bucks last year. Like, there were a lot of zero spots for him. And the Heat have never kind of felt like he was a liability on the offensive end this year because even if he wasn't doing a whole lot else, and, again, I, I think the Heat have used him better on offense than the Bucks have, so... I don't want to make it all about his three-point shooting, but even when he's not doing anything else, he was hitting half of his three-pointers from the corner, and he gets a lot of those. Yeah, he, I, he can draw up a lot of those, at least. I, I and I will say about just kind of to go off of PG's uh, three-point shooting, you need you obviously need him to make shots. You need a lot of everyone to make shots, but he, yeah. he's important there in that corner as a you know on those driving kicks where teams are sagging into stop, you know, protect the paint or. Yeah, kind of take the, the layup away from Jimmy and, and Bam, and now Tyler, who's driving the ball more. Um, I, the offense is still my biggest concern with this team in the playoffs. It, it just yeah. is, it, and we've seen it slip a little bit. I know guys have been in and out, but you know, kind of here approaching pretty much being an average offensive team, and that's with them shooting a league best percentage from three this season. Right, they're twelfth in offensive rating. Um, that is, you know, all of a sudden if the Heat are 10th in three-point percentage and they miss a few shots, they could be below average in offense. So that their half-court offense has been shaky at times. Um, you know, they relied obviously against Detroit. They took a season-high in free-throw attempts. And that helped them overcome their offensive struggles. 
um, on Tuesday. But, you know, in the playoffs when you're facing elite defenses, and if they match up against a team like Boston and Milwaukee, um, who could switch a lot and, and flatten them out, it's really going to test Jimmy and Bam and yeah. Tyler. Thankfully, Tyler has you know, kind of improved and has become maybe the go-to option on offense um, to, to to score in those half-court sets, which you know the Heat have struggled with um, throughout the year. So their defense is really good, fifth best defense. We we kind of knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but offensively, it, it it could get ugly at times in the playoffs, and it could get it might make fans nervous in those losses where the Heat scored ninety something points. Um, Probably gonna happen, yeah. So yeah, it's gonna happen. But um, if I'm think if I'm there's one area that I'm concerned about and have questions about, it's the offense with this team. Yeah, you see a little bit of slippage, like we said, with PJ from the arc. Um, You know, the the the, one of the stories of the first month or so of the season was how fast at a pace the Heat was playing with compared to its current standards, and like that's a lot of that. Obviously, Kyle has missed a ton of time. Um, but third slowest in the NBA now. Yeah, they've lost. They've, they're back to being them with their old selves. And yeah, and and, and I should say they've, they've, should say they've, they've been more opportunistic this year in transition. Yeah. They still they still score a good amount in transition, but that's because they're just very opportunistic with those pitch heads from Kyle. But go ahead. Yeah, but so so you I mean if you you know you like we said Kyle or PJ is three point set percentage has slipped quite a bit since the All Star break. Like that costs you a couple points a game. That the pace that has slowed down, even if they're still opportunistic, obviously they're getting fewer of those opportunities. Um, that costs you a couple points a game. It's like little things that add up um, where the Heat were, you know, in some ways, like that whatever their offense was probably never sustainable because, like you said, the three-point shooting was out of this world, um, and even from guys who are not traditionally sharpshooters. Um, but, but then some of it is just, you know, like you said, if, if Kyle hadn't missed – I mean, like whatever he missed just now with with the uh, personal reasons and you know, the yeah, obviously missed time early in the year. Yeah. Um, the Jimmy's offense missed twenty plus probably would yeah. probably still be like top ten, but it's uh, and, and then the other thing is you know Matt, like we said, Max Struess is out of the rotation. He's one of your best offensive players. They're clearly sacrificing offense for defense, which is uh, Eric Spolstra's mo basically for as long as he's been the Heat's coach. So yeah. Uh, the offense will be fine, but only if the defense is excellent, right? It, it, there, it has to be a defensive-minded team. And, you know, they'll lose a game when they score 96 in the playoffs probably, but they'll also win a game when they score 95 or something. Like, it's it's going to go both ways for them. Um, and obviously the nice thing for the Heat is they, with the roster flexibility, if they are down 18 in the first half of a game, you can unleash Max Struess and it – you know, it's it's just Max Strews, but it changes the complexion of your rotation and your identity a little bit, and the Heat have the ability to play from behind and play from ahead. Yeah, basically the Heat are who we thought they were. Yeah, they um, are. They're just I mean, better. After all this, they I mean, they're more in the better. East, probably, uh, obviously better than we predicted, but they're slightly above average offensive team at this point and an elite defensive team. Really, um, it kind of all comes down to Tyler Hero, right? Like if he was the Tyler Hero from a year ago, this offense would be bottom half of the league, and this team would probably be in the like fourth place, four range, yeah, yeah. Um, fighting to for home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Um, but Tyler Hero has just been so good that none of that has mattered. <laughs> that that he has made up for some of the deficiencies on offense, and 
you know, it's why the Heat obviously have hung on to him because they knew his potential is here. And they knew his poten- he had the potential to reach this point, and it kind of came at the perfect moment when this team is needed at most. Will Tyler Hero ever average 20 points a game in his career? Yeah. Wow. Wait, how many did you say? 20? 28. Oh, 28. No. I don't <laughs> think said, so. Like, yeah, yeah. No, 28 is a lot. Like, that's like you lead the league in scoring, basically. I'm like, trying to get you to make another bold prediction here, but. If he, again, if he went to, like, the Wizards or something. Right. Like, if you traded him for Bradley Beal this offseason, which I don't think the Heat would do, um, yeah, he'd probably average 28 a game next year. But if he's playing for the Heat um, with Pat Riley as his GM, giving him other, like, star-level players around him, and um, Eric Spolstra emphasizing defense and they play a slow pace, although that, you know, whenever Jimmy Butler is retired or, or gone, that's going to probably change. But, you know, he is – he definitely – he has the capability in a lot – like it, with probably like half the league, he would be a 28-a-game scorer. Um, I just don't know if that will ever happen in the, with the Heat. But, you know, 26, 27, like that's all very much within the realm of possibility. And last week I said he'll be an all-star at some point in his career. I mean, that, that wouldn't even be a surprise at this point. Yeah. What if he's an all-star next year? He could be, yeah, for sure. In, in 11 games since the break, he's averaging 25.4 points on 50.8% shooting from the field, 47% shooting on threes. Um, and he's getting to the foul line a lot more, which I think is maybe, yeah. I mean, obviously 47% on threes, probably not sustainable. Um, and that's a big reason for his spike in the kind of offensive efficiency, but also just drawing more, drawing more fouls. He's driving to the basket more. He's getting fouled on those drives, initiating contact. Um, he took 11 free throws on Tuesday against Detroit. Um, that's not something you saw the first two years no. of his career. That's a huge difference um, and unlocks so much of his offensive game. Now, instead of averaging you know 18 points a game, if you get three or four extra points at the foul line, that bumps up to 22. And then just a natural just kind of improvement in efficiency and, and three-point shooting, you're at 25 points for um, because of those two things. So uh, it's this. That's probably like you said that he's probably the biggest reason to be encouraged um, entering the playoffs. So you now have a guy that you know you could throw it to late in games in a one-on-one situation, and you have confidence that he's going to generate a good shot, probably for himself, but he could also do it for others. And he has the, he has the the skill level to make those tough shots as well. And you need those players uh, to have success in the playoffs. And and he's proven that time and time again he could be that guy. Yeah, and yeah. He's and the the nice thing is some guys break out, and you're in wait and see mode with them in the playoffs. And Tyler Hero had broke out in the playoffs, and we were kind of in wait and see mode with him for the regular season. It was like the reverse. And it just gives you, it gives me total confidence that he is going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be the guy, maybe not taking the buzzer beaters because that always seems to be Jimmy Butler, but he is going to be the guy taking big shots down the stretch. He's going to be the guy, like you said, who you throw it to. Um, he is, yeah, uh, it's something I've liked about this Heat team all along is that they're a pretty good mid range shooting team. Um, and obviously Tyler's, become one of the best in the league at that this year in terms of the ability to get to his spots and make difficult shots. Um, and that, Matt, you know, people 
don't like that in the regular season, but it helps in the playoffs. And, um, yeah, he, he's just been fantastic. We could talk about him every single week um, because every week he seems to get better. And every little bit that you get better at this point in your career when he's, uh, you know, in his third year and kind of teetering up toward all-star status, like every little bit of improvement matters a ton at that stage of a player's development. And every week you, you feel that the Heat's ceiling rise a little bit because of, of what he is doing and what he's sustaining. And and at this point, like, I don't think anyone is worried that it's going to fall off at some point. Like, like you said, it's not he's not going to shoot 47% from three the rest of the way like he has uh, since the All-Star break. But he's going to be, whatever his numbers are right now, they're going to be right around there. Uh, when the season ends, like I, I don't think anyone thinks there's a tail off coming. There's no, there's no reason to think there's a tail off coming. Yeah, and it's just encouraging for the future of this team. I mean, he's 22. Yeah, obviously. I mean, that is and, again, it's yeah. the reason they never traded him. Yeah, I mean, uh, you have a duo of Bam and and uh, you know, not even including Jimmy and Kyle, a, a duo of Bam and, and Tyler is pretty good starting point. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Heat, people think of them as one of the oldest teams in the league because of Jimmy and Kyle and then obviously, like, P.J. Tucker. Um, but if you, if you like, took – I don't know, if you took Bam and Tyler and put them on uh, Orlando, they'd be throwing a parade in the Magic Kingdom because it would be the best, like, young player duo they've had since Shaq and Penny. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. At this point, I'm not saying Tyler's the best player on this team, obviously. Um, I know this has really – doesn't mean anything for what you know the product in the basketball court, but do you think? I mean, I, I would say yes, but I'm wondering what you think as a person that's even younger than I am. Um, do you think Tyler is the biggest star on this team right now, with young people? Just casual NBA fan. You know, it, do you it, think it, he's the biggest star on this it team? It certainly seems that way. I've been to as many games this year as I have in past years, so you know, usually the the jerseys are a good way to tell. Um, you just look at what jerseys the younger kids are wearing. Um, you know, I think probably if you just asked every Heat fan in existence who their favorite player is, I think Jimmy or, and Bam would probably still be the most common answers. But if you did that with every kid 13 and younger, it'd probably be Tyler Hero. He's got, he's got, you know, it's the the the, the Steph Curry thing where you feel like you know he's a littler guy. Uh, he's a shooter, which like anyone can do. He's not like a freak athlete necessarily. Like it's hard. I have a, it's it's the cliche with Steph. It's like it's hard to l- relate to LeBron James because can anyone in the world do what LeBron James does other than LeBron James and Caleb Martin? No. Um, <laughs> but you, by the way, I love how I send you all every time like you know, <laughs> I dunk. I message David <laughs> with the highlight and say, "Doesn't this look like LeBron?" <laughs> And it does. Uh, it does. It does. Play. Yeah. Um, but you can relate to Tyler Hero. You can shoot around in the hoop on your backyard and pretend you're Tyler Hero and do that really easily. And um, and obviously he's got the social media presence. Um, I think unlike anyone else on this team, obviously he's got the even though, even though Jimmy Butler is um, you know quite active in sharing his music taste, I'll say his music taste does not I think align with most 13 year olds in the world. Um, it's definitely not 13 year olds in Miami. Um, and yeah, he's got the song Jack Harlow is out there. Um, I don't really know a whole lot about what Jack Harlow's deal is because I'm about to be 30, but, um, yeah, I, I think he's the biggest 
star, definitely with young people uh, on this team. And, uh, you know, honestly, probably one of the biggest stars with young people in the entire NBA. Yeah, he's, I think it's a little bit better. I, I think it's the style he plays with, in the, and, like, the, the, to use an old person word, pizzazz <laughs> that, he, <laughs> that he plays with. Um, yeah, you see his highlights on TikTok. I'm yeah. sure I'm not on TikTok, but, you know, I, you, you see him on House of Highlights and stuff. Um, like, I don't know if young people still look at House of Highlights, but I get the sense they do because they don't it's show as many so highlights. Because right I don't get the, they don't show as many highlights as I would like. Um, as I shake it, shake it, shake my fist at a cloud. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's, he's clearly like, really the question is like, you know, he's never going to be a bigger star than like LeBron or, or Wade, right. obviously, but like, where could he rank on the Heat's all time Stars list like could he be a bigger star than? Uh, it's a, obviously it's like a different era. Like could he be a bigger star than Alonzo Mourning if he plays his entire career with the Heat? Could he be a bigger? It depends st- on probably his championships. I right? mean, it depends. Yeah, the rings yeah. matter, obviously. Um, you know, is he a bigger star already than Chris Bosh ever was at any point in his run in Miami? Like he's he's up there just because yeah, I, I, he's not I, as good, obviously, as those guys. But it's a different question. Yeah, he has a star quality about him. I, I honestly, as someone who's lived my entire life other than my college years in Miami, uh, it reminds me a little. I'm not saying this is high praise. I'm not saying he's gonna be Dwayne Wade, but hit just the feeling around Tyler at this point in his career when he's young and just kind of the excitement around his game and his growth and how much people just love watching him play and kind of like his swag and all that. It, it reminds me a little bit of the feeling around Dwayne when he was you know, becoming Dwayne Wade. Um, it, it just does like, and I was, I was young at that point. Like, I remember what that felt like. Um, I, I, I feel like kids growing up kind of have a similar feeling about Tyler Hero right now. That, and again, I'm not saying he's going to be Dwayne Wade, but it's just the overall package and the star quality. He has it. Tyler has it. So. Yeah. And it matters that he's, he's Miami's right. Like yeah. obviously Bam is too, but like, you know, Jimmy obviously has like really, you know, really quickly became a Miami like guy and and feels like a Heat player. And you know, I know they don't wear baseball caps and they go into the Hall of Fame, but I, I think when they show Jimmy Butler's if he makes the Hall of Fame one day and they show his like Hall of Fame highlight reel, like it's going to be majority Heat, obviously, um, with that that Finals run. Like people are going to think of him, I think, as a Heat player, even though. He, probably is going to have played more of his career. Um, I guess he'll probably end up playing most of his career in Miami. It'll be he, close, probably. Yeah, I, I don't know yeah. how exactly how many years he played in Chicago, but um, it matters when it's like your guy who you feel like you saw grow up, right? And that was the thing with Dwayne Wade, like you said, and it feels kind of like the thing with the same thing with Tyler. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh it's it's crazy to think that there were so many people who wanted Tyler Hero traded last year. I know, and he was like the center of every trade rumor. And I'm not saying that can't happen, obviously. And by the we way, know. we talked obviously a lot yeah. about the Tyler James Hero James Harden potential, and um, you know, would the Heat have won the championship last year if they had James Harden? Maybe, um, but I'll say every concern I think we had with the James Harden trade has wound up being true for Brooklyn. I asked you this earlier in the season. I'll ask you this again at this point. Right now, would you trade Tyler Hero in a package for James Harden? No. I'm that's officially the, like I don't want you I don't want anything to do with James Harden. That's the first time you've said no to that question. I think yeah. 
I mean, once I was always like probably at one point I probably would have said probably had said yes, but um, for a long time I was always like yeah, but like it's a big risk. At this point, I don't want anything to do with James Harden. You said yes earlier this season. I probably did. At this point, I don't want anything to do with him. Okay. Yeah, I don't I, think I, I, would, I, I, don't trade, think I like, would either. I, yeah. There's like 40 players I wouldn't trade for James Harden at this point. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would either. You know, James is, is not young anymore. Um, who is who's and, the best player you would – or who's the worst player you would trade Tyler Hero for at this point? I wouldn't trade him for Bradley Beal. Coming off that injury and knowing he's doing a huge contract. You're for Devin Booker. Yeah, probably. But obviously the Suns would never do that. Right, right. I'm just saying, like, trying to think yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think it's probably somewhere there, you know. And yeah. I, I'm, well, I'm that sorry, is, Tyler, that we're, we're, we're talking about trading you again. Right, but, no, but, I just, it's, but it's, it's, it's a just, trade it's, value it's, thing. It's I think the conversation is how far it's come. Right. Yeah, or exactly. It's not a trade year. thing. It's a trade value thing. Like, where does he yeah. rank in the most valuable assets in the league? And Booker, I mean, obviously he's always been kind of compared to Booker, tied to Booker, it feels like. But that's still, like, if Tyler Hero becomes Jimmy Butler, or if Tyler Hero becomes Devin Booker, like, that's a, still, like, basically what the ceiling you envision for him is, basically. Would you trade him for Jalen Brown? Um, I don't think so. You know the Heat would love Jalen Brown, though. Like, he's such yeah. a Heat guy. I've never Damian. been the biggest Jalen Brown guy in the world, though. Yeah, I mean, Damian Lillard is the other one that you, that you would probably go to. After Bradley Beal is, like, the one that, you know, is, like, the first one because we've yeah. talked about him more than any other superstar trade, probably, possibility over the last – over the life of this podcast. Um, but, yeah, Damian Lillard is another interesting one. And I, I honestly don't know if I would. Obviously, he's – had a lot of injury concerns himself this year. He is old. Um, I, I don't know if I would. He's 31. He'll be 32 this summer. Yeah. I, mean, I think, da- I think Damien and B are like right at that line. Yeah. Probably where you have to really think about it, which is, again, pretty insane that we're saying, eh, I don't know if I would trade Tyler. <laughs> yeah. But that's how good Tyler Hero has become, and it's a credit to him just kind of for the growth he's shown. Since last year. Yeah. And again, last year wasn't as bad as people made it no, out. No, not as bad as people think. Wasn't good, but it wasn't as bad as people made it out to be because it just, you know, all the expectations from the bubble. Right, yeah. Uh, people people thought he was the player he was in the playoffs. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess he was because he's kind of showing that this year, but it just, that early in his career, yeah, uh, it was probably too much to ask for him to do that over a full season. A full season, exactly. Yeah. All right, I think we can finish things up there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Uh, we promised we were going to talk about Pat Riley's appearance on Winning Time this week, but I did not see the episode, and apparently he's not appeared yet. So we'll, we'll hold that off until next week, uh, give Anthony some time to catch up, give myself some time to catch up. Um, I'm, I'm very, very excited to see young Pat Riley pop up as Adrian Brody. Now, question, I, I've heard that that, Show isn't entirely a hundred percent accurate. And it's not I need to read the book. I need to read the book. Like I've only watched the first episode, and Jerry West has not come off as the brightest guy yeah. in the world. But obviously, we know he's become one of the best general managers in the league. So, um, I don't know. I, I want to read the book now that I've been am watching the show because okay. obviously I know about the Showtime Lakers, like, but just like from knowing history, right. like not from well, actually reading about what was going on behind the scenes there. 
Well, I heard that it was just a little bit exaggerated for entertainment purposes. Like it just, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's not, not a, meant to be documentary, documentary, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah. But I really that, enjoyed the first episode. Up. I haven't seen the second one, so I can't, can't speak to maybe, maybe it's gone off the rails already, but I really enjoyed watching the first one. So. Okay. I'll watch it. We'll talk about it soon. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks as always for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week.